So if you're running a medical practice, there's a bunch of stuff that you need to be across, not just hiring of staff, making sure that they're good at what they do and that they like to show up to the place, but also that you've got other things sorted, like making sure that you've got a nice place for patients to come to and not just be safe, but actually feel like they're in a nice place. Another thing that consumes a lot of the time of clinic owners and practice managers is managing procurement, so buying stock. In some practices, like say a bulk billing GP clinic, you might not need to do too much of it, although it's certainly a factor. But what about dental practices or clinics where they hold a lot of vaccines or medications or kits or other things? Getting stock wrong can make or break a business. And managing so many moving widgets and parts on a spreadsheet or a bit of paper or nothing at all is a dangerous exercise, but often it's the way it's done. So today we're going to be exploring the topic a little bit more and hopefully help a few clinic owners and practice managers find better ways to manage things in their practice. I'm chatting with Dr. Namita Gupta and Dr. Stefan Katharaja from Restock. And in this episode, we're going to hear about their journey and the challenges faced developing a platform in the medical tech space, and also take a look at what solutions exist to better improve practice profitability and organize systems. Collaboration starts with the conversation team, Health Tech. Let's make it happen. Welcome to Talking Health Tech with Peter Burge, a podcast featuring conversations with key players and influencers to promote innovation and collaboration for better healthcare enabled by technology. With me today is Dr. Namita Gupta and Dr. Stefan Kantharaja from Restock. Namita and Stefan have a combined experience of over 25 years in the dental field as practitioners, business owners, educators, and now tech entrepreneurs. Hey guys, how are you going? Great, Peter. How are you? Really good. Thank you so much for making the time in your busy schedules. We were talking just before. We're literally between patients and that's the way we do things when we're on the ground, right? So thank you so much for doing that. But it'd be great to get to know a little bit more about yourselves and your background and your journey. Namita, did you want to start? Yeah, thanks, Peter. Thanks so much for having us. Um, I've been a dentist since 2004. Together with Stefan, we own and operate three dental practices in Sydney, Newcastle and Gosford. And as part of this journey, you know, we've continued our education and postgraduate studies, you know, fine-tuned our dental practice. And now we're sort of moving into this space of practice management with a tech solution called Restock. So we just found that when we owned our practices, we just were coming across a lot of different problems when it came to inventory management, HR and other issues. And when we dived deeper to try and find better solutions, we realized there was a real gap in the marketplace for something like an online procurement platform where we could think all our invoices, make payments, do our inventory management. And um, there just wasn't anything in the marketplace like that. Stefan, it sounds like, you know, that's something that was an ongoing challenge for you guys. So you just... Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's exactly it. So as Namita said, we started business in 2010 and the more we tried to systemize things across practices, the thing that we constantly came back to was this procurement or ordering piece. It relied on multiple moving parts. It relied on key individuals that would inherently sort of leave when they went on maternity leave, et cetera. And we sort of started looking at other options such as out-of-the-box SaaS products, but it wasn't fine-tuned to exactly what medical 
and dental require. And so, yeah, we reached out to um, some people and yeah, we decided that, hey, this is the journey that we're going to take. You know, I'm very familiar with the outpatient GP side of things, but I'm always fascinated hearing from the dental side. If I picture it from my own experiences, it sounds like stock is quite a big chunk on the PL. Like how much does it represent for the average practice in terms of what they're outputting on a regular basis? Yeah, stock consumables can range anywhere from 5 to 12, 13%, depending on the scope of the practice and what sort of procedures they offer. So it's a pretty hefty chunk of production that you know we outlay for consumables. And it's not just the physical cost of the actual consumables. Then we've got our staff that spend hours every week managing our stock. So there's a cost associated with that. There's the time that practice owners have to spend managing training staff and setting up their own individual systems around it. Because I guess if you just don't have the stock, you can't do the procedures and detrimentally affects your day and that of associate dentists, et cetera. So it's highly stressful if you run out of something or if you don't have the right product. So it can be, although it only represents maybe 5 to 12, 13%, which is no small number, it's actually a lot bigger than that in terms of what we do every day. Yeah, a lot of people's activities on the day-to-day revolves around it, yeah. that. And, and that Absolutely. in itself is a decent, decent amount, yeah. And the problem associated with it is it's a recurring problem. Every month, it's the same issue. And by the time you fix the previous month's problems, mm-hmm. you're back to ordering again. Yeah, yeah. And so then we focus on restock. It sounds like it's addressing those problems. So what's it about? Yeah, we basically found that there were four main areas where there were issues when it came to procurement. The first is inventory management. So having a solution to basically check your stock levels and accurately keep track of what you have, what you don't have, and when you need to order stock. There are two main issues with that, either ordering too much and items going out of date or you know, not ordering enough of something and running out and not being able to do those procedures. The second issue we found was budgeting and managing KPIs in practices, which is of you know, huge importance when you're trying to run a profitable business was not transparent enough. So individual practices would have to have some sort of system, some sort of Excel spreadsheet or some way of sort of tracking how much they were spending every month. And they didn't have up-to-date real-time data on where they were at in the month. So, you know, sometimes you place orders every week, sometimes you're placing orders every month, but you had no way of really knowing how much you had spent until you've already spent it. And so it was all retrospective data. The third issue that Stefan raised was um, basically having a key individual risk. So someone who basically held all the IP in the practice, usually a practice manager or clinic coordinator, and she or he would have all the information about who you order from, what you order, how much you spend. And if that person was on maternity leave or left the practice, all that information, all that IP left with them. So highly stressful with turnover of staff. Off the back of what Namita was saying with respect to key individual risk, we had situations where our rep, you know, you'd have agreements with reps, et cetera, uh, with respect to contract pricing and nothing was ever written down. It was always a handshake agreement. Everything was in everybody's memories. And as soon as the rep leaves, your contract pricing's out the door as well. And so, yeah, in terms of that key individual risk, that's exactly what we're trying to fix. You know, a key individual risk from the support staff point of view, but also from a rep's end. Yeah, and the last issue that we found was 
there was no singular platform to be able to order stock from all of your suppliers. So, you know, the way we would communicate with suppliers was so varied. You know, some, they had online websites or portals that you could log into with your individual logins and order from, or you were picking up the phone and calling your rep or sending them an SMS or an email. And so there were so many multiple forms of communication that was going on that if you then had to trace back and fix a problem or find out what you actually spoke about, you're trailing through emails, SMS, WhatsApp messages. There was no one singular platform or high-tech solution to be able to track all your communication in one place. Um, And this is what we're trying to solve with Restock is basically have a digital procurement hub where you can track how much you're spending, see all your supplies in one space, have curated favorited lists of all your stock items so you don't forget to order something that's important, but something maybe that you don't order all the time, et cetera. And that's such an important point. You know, when you're running a practice, you've got different suppliers and they operate in different ways and they've got their own systems and they're different sizes too. You know, it sounds great in principle having, you know, one single way to be able to order everything, but no doubt that's a challenge when you've got different suppliers who have different preferences in how they receive orders and everything. How do you put that into practice for just that, you know, the the little suburban clinic or, or, you know, even the group of clinics that are are using the platform? So um, interestingly, the suppliers have all been on board and they're quite keen to consider this as an option simply because the reps that they have, their time is also spent taking orders. And that's a complete waste of time for their reps, right? They should really be product specialists. And so when we do go ahead and engage these suppliers, we ask them what their preference is. Some want complete deep dive integration into their back end. Others want us to reach out to the reps and sort of facilitate it that way. So we tailor it based on the supplier's needs as to how they want to be communicated to. And, you know, for those practice managers and clinic owners who are operating on a day-to-day now and trying to get a better handle of all of this, particularly when it comes to inventory management. Are there any quick tips or kind of advice that you can provide to help them try and streamline things a little bit more? Well, I think firstly, just having more than just one individual that looks after stock is really helpful. So sort of diversifying the risk, as you might say. Obviously, with a platform like Restock, that's easy to do because you can really specialize your particular platform to have all your list of products and all those sorts of things track as orders arrive what's been received what's on back order and that allows a centralized spot for your practice manager to sort of come to and take stock of what's happening in the practice at any given time but then allow junior staff members to get involved in the process of inventory management unboxing stock as it arrives and communicating with the practice manager in a way. But also by having this budgeting feature, I think that's a really big value add for a lot of practice managers is to be able to know what sort of KPI measure do you want to be applying to your practices at 7%, is it 9% of gross production and setting that in and then seeing that in real time as you order how you're tracking and progressing in terms of how much you're spending and not trying to play catch up later on in the year or after a few months, it's usually impossible to do once you've placed an order. It's hard to claw back that extra spend, you know, during the year. So they'd be my particular pieces of advice for a practice manager. 
And then thinking, like, I think about from my own experiences as well, where it's one thing to be able to have a regular amount of stock that you need and you kind of know based on the number of patients or clinicians or whatever that you have of, you know, what bits and pieces you might need. But particularly in the primary care space, and also I'm sure it's applicable to in the dental side where you might have cohorts come through or different programs, there's going to be like the patients that get booked in or like the strategic kind of focus of the clinic will then determine what stock kind of needs to be on hand and needs to be in. You can't book a patient in or a big group of people to come in next week if you don't have the stock. I mean, I used to hear a lot of those conversations on a daily basis in the clinic about whether you can book in you know, someone next week because you don't know whether something's coming in. I'm guessing that your platform helps to kind of connect the two bits together. Yeah. So Stepan can maybe talk about this a bit more about the AI that we're looking at creating with Restock. Yeah. So um, we're currently developing at the moment. So in this current form, we don't have that available right now. But effectively what we're marrying up is predictive technology to work out, as you rightfully said, if some if a cohort of, of patients are going to come through for you to be able to preempt what's required for that particular patient. But independent of that, you know, being able to work out, okay, based off the number of item numbers that you've used in the past month, preempt what you're going to run out of. But also from a practice management point of view, for you to be able to, on a granular level, work out how expensive is this appointment, how much wastage is actually occurring. Based between, you know, the difference between two clinicians is one clinician wasting a hell of a lot more versus another. And for you to be able to get that much sort of feedback and are able to analyze the metrics, it's absolutely useful. Mm, sounds really interesting. And then so, you know, thinking about, you know, what the future holds for you guys and restock, you know, that's one element that you're going to be looking at integrating in. But what's going to be your focus over the next 6, 12, 24? Yeah, so currently we've just completed our first seed round raise and that's been really exciting. Um, we raised around $1.3 million. So that was really exciting for us as a new startup. And we're launching officially this week. We've had a beta testing phase with about 42 practices so far using the platform. Feedback's been really, really positive, really encouraging. Lots of conversations with suppliers in Australia. So I guess, you know, looking to the next six to 12 months, our immediate goal is to launch officially in Australia and New Zealand next, take it to various states and just increase that cohort of practices that are using it, get more and more feedback and pivot and manipulate the platform as uh, we receive that feedback. We're building out certain other features, so being able to make payments online, three-point invoice reconciliation and accounting integration into various accounting softwares. So that's going to be our main focus over the immediate term. Longer term, obviously, like Stefan said, there's this AI technology that we're really interested in building out in conjunction with various practice management software systems. I think in 24 months, that's exactly it. Move into other verticals, in particular medical. The reason why we started with dental is that we intimately understand that pain and we intimately understand that space. And so we started there, but we know through multiple discussions with practice owners in, in other verticals, this pain exists in, in like, medical, vet, yeah, veterinary, yeah. allied health. Definitely. And, you know, being clinicians yourselves, there are a number of clinicians in the Talking Health Tech community who are seeing patients on a day-to-day, but then, you know, see the need for technology to help solve a tricky problem. Do you have any advice for those that are perhaps contemplating a solution they're looking to build 
and then making that next step, like that whole journey of going from, you know, being a clinician to founding a tech product, but still being a clinician. Like how does that whole kind of <laughs> Look, thing? It's been a real learning curve for us. I won't lie to you, Peter, you know, obviously being clinicians, going from just being a clinician, you know, you're not taught about business a lot at uni. And so le- going through that journey over the last 10 to 15 years of being business owners, managing HR and all the various aspects that come with owning a business and now taking that next leap forward, I feel like we're just starting our learning journey all over again with a tech startup. So much to learn, so many different ways you can approach it. One of the key things I think we've found is partnering with a group that can really aid your progress. So we started our journey with Jonathan Louie, who's a friend of Stefan's from school, and he was the co-founder of Airtasker. And we just found that by partnering with him, them being our tech arm of Restock really helped this journey for us. And we've learned a lot through that collaboration. So I think for anyone starting a new startup in the tech medical space, so important to know what your strengths are, where you're maybe lacking and need support and finding the right people in those industries to help support you and fill that void. And then just being really open to learning feedback constant constructive criticism from various mentors. We've just tried to open up our minds to various ways of looking at this particular problem and considering all options. I think from my end, um, when we first reached out to Jono and uh, discussed what we were looking at doing, we actually had dinner at the casino. And he's like, are you guys willing to drop a million dollars tonight on the roulette tables or whatever it is? And I'm like, mate, what are you talking about? And he's like, well, that's exactly what it is, that you've got just as much probability doing well at the casino. And he's like, what the difference between successful startups and startups that sort of fall behind is conviction and just knowing what your end game is and just staying strong on that. Yeah. So because even up until now, it's a, it's a complete roller coaster, right? You have some amazing, amazing highs and you've got some lows as well. And, and just having that conviction and presence of mind to just keep pushing forward. And what's incredible about the people that we've got around us is that they're all optimists. <laughs> I think that's another big thing, just being optimistic all the time. Love it. Look, there's some great advice there for many that are on a similar path or contemplating it as well. I've got this growing theory that the pathway for a clinician, it used to be going from seeing patients to then owning your practice. And that was the end game. Now it's also own a uh, tech startup. So um, it, it seems <laughs> to make like sense it. to me. <laughs> but look, Namita and Stefan, thank you so much for making time to have a chat on the podcast. We'll put some details in the show notes for people to check out um, more of what you're doing and watch that journey as you're just emerging to market. So look, really appreciate your time and thank you so much. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the show. Check out talkinghealthtech.com to connect with other people in our community and to learn more about the Australian health tech industry. Also, make sure you hit subscribe on your favourite podcast player so you don't miss an episode and share this episode with a few people who need to hear it. Now go make it happen.